to Secondhand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I'm Kayla, and I'm here with my co-host... Vengeance. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. I'm the Kayla, and I'm here with my co-host... The Kayla. The Noah. To talk about the Batman. Or the Batman. Who's to say? Who knows? I thought about I thought about opening with um his monologue where he's like the city streets are crowded for the holiday. <laughs> but like modify the podcast landscape is I, crowded for the I didn't have time Batman to like modify movies. it for the podcast. Mm, yeah. They think I'm hiding in the shadows. But I am the shadows. Hiding in the waveforms. Wow. But I am the waveforms. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. When oh that, man. When that noise hits your ears, it's not just a call. <laughs> it's a <laughs> warning. Oh my god. It's a warning. <laughs> podcasting is a tool. I don't know. <laughs> Keeping a, our own diary, maybe, you know. Emo diary. Um Emo Diary. So we're going to be talking about the Batman today. We're going to be doing some non-spoilers, some spoilers, all the good stuff. And at the end, we're going to give our top three Batman movies. Hmm. Um, so that's going to be fun. But first, as always, got to get into those question of the week answers, uh, which the question was, what is your personal 2021 best picture? So that's any 2021 movie sure which it, some people that answer did not understand that which i think it w- we probably didn't word it very well so it's not really their fault but it's all good what all you, answers you think are that they chose from our movies or no dan i'll just read his first um he I mean, his said was Dune, right? I, no he said hate to be boring but i'm picking the current front runner which is the power of the dog oh um so i think he thought that like of the best picture winners that we would pick and then he said he would want dune part two to win like lord of the rings won for oh Return of the King. okay okay that's which fair makes, like which a makes culmination sense. of of dune maybe, yeah a right. culmination of maybe dune. he did answer maybe maybe he did understand the question i just don't know it sounds to me like he just thought we were talking about the best no, picture i think he probably understood so. it i'm just surprised okay, that he didn't I'm say just... dune like like right, he wants right. power of the dog to win and then he wants dune 2 to mm. win as a combination of dune 1 yeah. and dune 2 i think that's the what bronco henry would have wanted so yeah i think that's probably best <laughs> bronco henry and um what is what's what's his name jason momoa's character dakota idaho uh, Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho. <laughs> Did you say Dakota? I- Dakota Idaho. <laughs> I knew it was some kind of. I knew there was a state name. In D there. Idaho. D Idaho. Duncan was close. I mean, Dakota was. Yeah, it close. was. It was. <laughs> um, Duncan Donuts Idaho. We also have Zach Smith Michaels saying West Side Story, mm. which I could have. I could have guessed that one. Yeah. West Side Story is a great movie. Oh. I love that movie. Um, and then Mike came in with uh two options oh he said either green knight mm. all right or worst person in the world which wow. is very a good movie too yep. so some some very picks here you know we got some obvious like some front runners but also yeah. some more niche ones and yeah. then joe um answered on spotify per usual and he said, <laughs> <laughs> Jagged, uh, directed by Allison Clayman, which 
uh, I think is pretty like low key. Um, yeah, neither of us have seen that. No, I think, I think it's kind of an indie film. Um, came mm, out in so 2021 cool. about All right, I see um, that, yeah. Al- Alanis Morissette. Ah, yes. It's on HBO Max, uh, but that I thought that was cool. A nice underdog indie pick, which we're all for. Hmm. I believe, let me check. Because it's a, is it a documentary or is it like a movie? I believe it's a movie. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, like a biopic, and gotcha. he he said that he hasn't seen a lot of twenty twenty one movies, but I think that mm. it's good either way. Okay, so it actually does look like it is a documentary. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I haven't seen it, so. And this is uh actually part of the music box series that the ringer did which is also like what the woodstock 99 documentary oh, that i really like yes, is a part yes, of yes so it was like in that in that camp so maybe i'll watch sure. it then because i really like that documentary so yeah. um very cool very cool but now let's get to what everyone came here for which is vengeance um and we'll jump right in to the non-spoiler section. So if you haven't watched the movie yet, you can just listen to this carefree, this section. And we will sure. give ample time for the spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, you can duck out real fast. Yep. Uh, but I have a little bit of a history here of this movie because it's pretty oh. crazy. A pretty wild history, wild ride that this movie took to get to where it is now. Great. Let's hear it. So this it was originally supposed to be set in the DCEU taking mm. place after Batman versus Superman with Ben Affleck directing, oh. writing, producing and starring. Oh my goodness. So that was the <laughs> the first form. Look, Ben Affleck fine guy, maybe, I don't know. I he's good at writing, <laughs> I, don't know him, I think. But... Um yeah. But I think it was a major win that this did not happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it, this is basically a different movie. It was going to feature yeah. Deathstroke as the main villain, okay. and that was actually set up in the Batman versus Superman post-credit okay. scene. Have you seen that movie? I have not. It's like Lex Luthor, he's on a yacht, and it's like okay. very green screen. It's a very bad I saw scene. Man of um, Steel. Was that the first Superman? Yeah. That was the first like, Superman. Yeah. yeah. And then Batman versus Superman was okay. the sequel. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. Um, I didn't care. Man. Yeah, I've seen it twice for some reason. Mm. Um, The film's (laughs) title uh, was revealed in October 2016 and was set for a 2018 release, which is so funny because it's just the Batman. Like, you go to the title release, like, at Comic-Con or whatever, and it's like, the movie is called The Batman. (laughs) And that's that's the announcement. Um, Now, here's where we get some trouble going on. So in early 2017, Ben Affleck decided to step down Mm. as director due to issues with the script, and he just said he wouldn't enjoy directing it, but he was still going to do all the other three. Star. Um, and Star, write, write, and, write and produce. produce. <laughs> yes. Um, Matt Reeves was actually on the top of the short list for potential replacements, but when he read the script, he said he'd only do the movie if he could have full creative control. Good call. Um, and Warner Brothers agreed to this because I think the, the response to Batman vs. Superman was obviously not great. So yeah, they were like, true. maybe our maybe what we're doing here is maybe not the best idea. Um, and so he began to work on the script in March 2017. And he was originally going to keep it connected to the DCEU. But then he eventually like took it as a young Bruce Wayne narrative, which meant they would need a younger actor mm. for the movie. Yeah. Um, 
And then things got further complicated, at least for like people looking in on the outside when Ben Affleck entered rehab in August 2018. And so that was like the unofficial confirmation that he would not be starring in the movie. Uh, in 2019, January, a new release date of June 25th, 2021 was set. And there that was the official confirmation that Affleck would not be involved. And this is basically like a different movie than the DCEU. Um, so the short list for Batman was Robert Pattinson, Nicholas Holt. Oh, okay. Aaron Taylor Johnson, which is that not bad. Both of them, I think, would have worked. I see Nicholas Holt more as like a Nightwing or, like, Robin type Mm. than Batman. Like, he's not as emo brooding, but I could see him in this universe. Right, and Aaron Taylor Johnson feels like the Netflix original movie version of Batman. So I think that maybe wasn't the right uh, choice. But sure, I guess. And who do you think was the fourth on the shortlist? Who else is in that group? I don't know. My brain is like blanking on me. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I don't know. Uh, starts with an A. Andrew for... Garfield. Um... No, no. Good, good idea. Army Hammer. Ooh. Um. So yuck. Dodged a bullet there. Yeah, that would have been the. Uh, that would have been awful. Um, truly terrible. Truly like the worst outcome. And also outcome. like he could not do this role at all. <laughs> I'm not sorry to say no. it. Like he, could he just not. could not. I saw an interesting tidbit that. Robert Pattinson, he actually, for his audition, had to wear Val Kilmer's Batman Forever suit hmm. because it was the only one that they had that would fit him. Because he's so tall? I guess. I don't know. But apparently, also, I know that suit is really uncomfortable. So that kind of probably sucked for him. But they ended up working out, and they announced his casting May 31st, 2019. The, and I, I do remember this. The People were pretty not happy about this. Yeah, I, mean, that, I was fans. happy from the start. But no, I am yeah. also not just a like, die-hard Batman fan. I think it was like the the Snyder heads probably were probably. happy. They're they made a change.org happy. petition, of course, actually, because that does something. Um, <laughs> yes, but King Christian Bale voiced his support and told him to make the role his own and ignore critics. So Amazing. great advice. Uh, and then we had m- more cast members announced, which was a great time on Twitter when all those cast was announced. I remember that was kind of like Dune when out that cast was announced. It was like the same idea. Yeah. Um, it was very similar vibes. Yeah, I probably I'm sure once it rolls back around in my time hop, I'll see me mm. being like probably I, I would imagine if I could think of what I probably tweeted during that time, it was probably in all caps. Paul Dano. <laughs> and that's exactly what I tweeted after I watched the movie. No. Um, yeah. And then they began principal photography January 2020. Now, this might be the last time we have to give this update in the history section for a movie. But the production was delayed by the pandemic. Surprise. Oh. And they pushed the release to October 1st in April. Um so at this time, about one fourth of the movie was shot. And I did see what's pretty interesting that Matt Reeves did actually use his time to like edit and explore and like figure out the movie's tone. Sure. So that is pretty interesting. Like, so still being productive, you know, get figuring out what how to still work on the movie while they're not filming. Yeah. Filming resumed September 3rd, 2020. Um, but then three days later, it was delayed again because Robert Pattinson tested positive for COVID. 
And so they had to quarantine for the full two weeks, which is a bummer. And I saw after that, for the rest of the production, Matt Reeves wore a mask, scuba goggles, and a head covering on set to reduce chances. Because he was like, if I get this, then I don't know if this movie's even going to happen anymore. Sure, yeah. That's iconic king. That is, yeah, the the COVID sets are wild because like um, Adam McKay was like not even on set when he was, he was like directing remotely the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see how sets dealed with the the pandemic like while filming in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they were, they had the crew live in close area to the production. They couldn't like leave the bubble. Yeah. Um, they used earpieces and remote control cameras. So pretty, pretty intense stuff. And they pushed the release to March 4th uh, and then filming raft March 12th. So it's like they had a year after filming was finished. The first test screening was four hours long. Wow. Um, but it still received positive reactions, which is like I think he said was a big deal for him. Give us the four hour cut. <laughs> where is the four hour cut? We need to make a change.org petition. For that, I think. yeah. Where's those Snyder heads when you need them? Release the, I know. Release the Reeves cut. <laughs> it's actually the third, the longest Batman film and the third longest superhero film after Justice League and Endgame. So... Still, it's 176, so pretty long. And this is one other interesting thing I found, which I know a lot of people were really mad, like, oh my gosh, it got censored down to a PG-13 rating. But um, he said that he always intended to make it PG-13 because it was like one of the only mandates that the studio had. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like, I think it's a natural to assume like it was supposed to be R and they made him go in and cut it down. Yeah, because it was also like so much talks about it being like dark and gritty Mm, and violent. And Joker and and Suicide Squad were both R, you know? So it seemed like that was maybe what they were doing. And Birds of Prey, I think. So like DC was kind of going in that direction, it felt like. Yeah, I heard that a lot. And I know people were mad. They were like, what? Where's the R rating? And I was like, I don't know. I'm fine with this. I don't yeah, have they any did, stakes They in did it. waste their one F word, though. That was like I don't a waste, even remember where they used it. It was just in like right in the beginning by like the one of the cops. Mm. I don't remember exactly. What okay. it, was. it was just a waste. Yeah, it was very I don't unmemorable. Remember that. They should have let Riddler use it. That would have been so funny. Um, So box office which is a great a great section. Early previews were 21.6 million on opening night, which is good. So then Friday this is pretty it pretty much overperformed like by a little bit cuz Friday they got 57 million, Saturday 43 and then Sunday 28. And Saturday and Sunday are more projections, but they're basically confirmed at this point. Yeah. Um so that means opening weekend domestic was 128.5 million, which is pretty good. Spider-Man got like as comparison, it got 260 like for yeah. another pandemic comparison. But Spider-Man was again like pretty much an anomaly. Sure. Um, and also, if you look at other March movies, it's number five in most like highest grossing March movie opening weekends wow. behind Hunger Games, Captain Marvel, Batman versus Superman and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So it did pretty good for yeah, like I pandemic. One thing Spider-Man like had going for it was that it's more appealable to children like i know i've seen a lot of tweets of parents being like 
is Batman okay to take my kids to see? Like, they want to see it. Like, I think Batman is kind of known as just being grittier and more, mm. um, or less kid-friendly than Spider-Man is, so. No, definitely. I mean, the, in the trailers, we're also darker, you know, um, but I think that is good that they did make it PG-13 then, because I think if it was R, it would have made, like, definitely under 100 million opening weekend. I wonder if that mom that sat in front of us at Ghostbusters Afterlife <laughs> let her husband take his <laughs> kids to it. I really hope so. I hope so. That would have been so funny. Uh, that was seriously one of the funniest times. Like, that was so yeah, funny. Yeah, oh when we saw Ghostbusters Afterlife and they played the Batman trailer, the mom in front of us was having one of those moments that was like, should my kids even be watching this trailer and kept like looking at the dad and being like visibly bothered that her children were watching this well and it was like the matrix trailer she did it with it was like all the trailers like that had like her kids were like i would say they were maybe eight and nine and like maybe 11 like the the youngest was probably eight or nine and the oldest was like maybe 11 or 12 yeah, the oldest was definitely fine. I think she was more concerned about like the eight or nine year old, which yeah. you know I get. Yeah, it's, it's a little dark. scary. It's scary. Probably like waking up and he's like, "Hi, how's it?" He's like, "My name is Vengeance today." That's probably <laughs> that would have. That's probably what he did. The kid gets up for bed. He's <laughs> I'm mean, Vengeance. I am the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> he is Batman now. Um, cool. So before we get into our spoiler free thoughts here do you want to read the summary that i wrote up so we can kind of just get into it i would love to bruce wayne has been moonlighting as the dark knight for two years now taking down criminals with the help of detective jim gordon despite his efforts though gotham's crime rate has actually risen over the past two years and now there's a new drug operation taking root leaving bruce to wonder if he's actually hurting the city instead of helping. When Gotham's mayor is brutally murdered by a new villain called the Riddler, Batman starts down a path of cryptic clues, one that leads directly to the black heart of Gotham. Man. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's the Batman. That's the, and that's basically just like the first 10 minutes. Like that's uh, yeah. all pretty much set up very early yeah, on. Yeah, that's all, all in the establishing. There's a lot of other stuff going on in the movie, obviously for three hours. No, d- yeah, right. It's not, it's not just this the entire three hours. Um, but yeah, so going into this movie, I was pretty excited. I mean, I'm a big Batman fan. Yeah. It was, I think, I don't know about you, but definitely like the Dark Knight movies were pretty like influential for me Um, just because, you know, they are like they feel like I think when you watch them as a kid, like one of the first like adult movies you see. Yeah. I mean, they definitely were for me. Right. Yeah. And I think like that's always something that I'm going to have, you know, so I think like Batman always is going to feel exciting more than like Doctor Strange (laughs) or like Captain Marvel. I don't know. Like (laughs) it just... And I think most people feel like that. Like, he's one of the main superheroes. Like, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man are, like, very big. So I was very excited. Um, I knew that the cast was great, that it was going to be, like, a little bit more of, like, a quote-unquote auteur take, kind of like (laughs) they did with Joker. Like, it's a superhero, but now it's for for the cool kids. Um, But in the trailers look good. I actually, like, I watched all the trailers, but I specifically, like, didn't pay attention to the plot points of the trailers so like i really didn't know much of what the plot was going in i just knew it was going to be more detective based 
and it had a darker tone, you know? So, yeah. like, I didn't actually have many things going in that I knew were going to happen, I guess, besides, like, scenes. But I didn't know, like, what the main story was. So I was pretty excited going in. Um, how about you? What was your... Because you saw it a little later, too, so you got to see some reactions. Yeah, I tried to kind of not see a bunch of spoilers um, as best as I could. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. But I saw that people really liked it. Uh, right. Going in, I was excited for it. Um, it wasn't, like, something I was mega, mega, mega looking forward to. But, like, I have been looking forward to this one for a while and I love Robert Pattinson, and so I was very excited yeah. to see him in this role. I'm a big fan uh, for many reasons, and with the trailer, I definitely, like, I vaguely remember watching the trailer. I remember seeing it in front of Ghostbusters, um, and really the only thing that I remembered from the trailer was the car sequence um, yeah that was a, like definitely very big scene yeah for sure yeah that's the only thing i knew from the trailer i had no idea what any of the plot of this movie was about uh going in and i definitely was not looking forward to it being three hours uh because when you add in previews that's three and a half hours that you're sitting in the theater which is a very very long time for me personally and my theater does not have super comfortable seats, so I wasn't, like, 100% excited about that. Uh, but, yeah, I was excited for the movie in general. Mm. I love Paul Dano, too, so I was very excited for that. And the Riddler, like, uh, the Joker is fine, but at this point, I'm so tired of the Joker. Like, no, yeah, I just definitely. do not need to see any more Joker renditions and so i was very excited that riddler um who in the old ones you know he wears that funky green suit <laughs> yeah or jim carrey like going wild yeah, yeah so i was excited about that aspect of it yeah i think um J the riddler was definitely interesting because it's been a while since we've seen the riddler in a batman movie and obviously from the trailers, like, I mean, obviously, like I said, it was obviously a very darker tone and the Riddler like looked completely different, you know? So it, it was almost kind of like we were getting a completely new villain in my opinion. Yeah, Cause like, definitely, even though there was established movies with him, he was, their take on him was obviously going to be very different. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my experience with the movie was actually a little interesting cause the, I saw it for the, twice this weekend i saw it first on thursday night opening night uh and it wasn't like a great uh it didn't line up great for me because thursday is actually like a very busy day for me school wise i have four classes and i get up at 6 a.m so i didn't really think that one through um <laughs> and i had to go to like a senior recital right before for one of my friends so it was like not great going in i was like already kind of tired and the people next to me were talking like throughout the movie it was very annoying and so i don't know i think that all had a little bit of a effect obviously on my experience of it um and i felt like i guess when i finished it like i had all of the pieces of the puzzle but i couldn't like figure out how they fit together sure if that makes sense so like i knew i had all the aspects but it didn't all fit together in my mind so i gave it like a seven out of ten i think when i first saw it 
Um, and then on like the, throughout the weekend, I was like listening to interviews with them or like thinking about it more. And all of a sudden, like, I don't remember what it was, but they, the movie just clicked in my mind. Like I, the, the pieces fit together all of a sudden. It was like instantly, it was really weird how it worked. <laughs> but, and then I was like, man, I need to see this again. And so I watched it again, um, today actually. And I loved it. Like completely different experience of watching it. But I think like I needed that first time because it is yeah. a, like a lot to take in. And I don't even know if I was because it is a pretty um, there is a lot going on. And I don't know if I was like going into it with that mind of trying to like figure out what the movie was trying to say. Even, you know, yeah. a lot of times with superhero movies, I feel like sometimes I'm watching them with a different lens. Maybe that's Marvel like Marvel movies. I just watch it like more passively, I guess, because I know that there's not going to be m- much like subtext in there. Yeah. Um. And so I think maybe to the first time I was just watching it, like expecting more of an action movie and not as much of like a th- moody noir detective movie, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. I went to uh my favorite, the AMC subtitled screenings. Uh, wow. Because they return <laughs> there. I look, I love the subtitle screenings. They're great. It helps me keep track of all the dialogue and then mm. um, there's usually not a lot of other people in them, so I don't have to worry about, like, a showing being packed. I saw this Saturday afternoon. There were a few other people, but not, like, a ton. Uh, there were a couple people that kind of talked in mine a little bit. Um, there was, mm. like, a couple kids up behind me. But, I like, I have more compassion for kids because, like, if a 10-year-old is saying something that he thinks is cool, I'm like, that's fine. He is having, like, a real-life moment here. But, like, there was a lady down below who, like, yelled something at some point, and I was like, all right, you're an adult. <laughs> like, What are you doing? Yeah, so, but it was it was fine. I just had a little seat to myself. And I had to go to the bathroom, like, I don't know, with, like, an hour left. And oh, <laughs> there was, man. like... the worst. Well, and I should have, like, gotten up and gone then. Because then it's, like, there's no time you can get up and go to the bathroom during the last, like, 45 minutes yeah. of the film. Because every single Definitely. thing is something that's important. And I was, like, well, what am I going to do? So, like, I just sat there and sat there and sat there. <laughs> and it was, like, torture. Right. But the movie was so good. Um, yeah, so I had a really good experience. Um, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I was engaged pretty much the whole time. The only reason I even knew, like, what time it was, like, I wasn't looking at my watch, was because the guy in front of me had, like, a smartwatch oh on that he didn't <laughs> Oh, my put. gosh. Because I put my Apple Watch on theater mode, so when I lift up mm. my hand, it doesn't light up. But this dude Smart. had this really bright ass watch and he would stretch and every time he would stretch <laughs> the big blue screen would light up like literally almost right in front yeah. of me. So I saw the time That's on funny. his watch. Uh so I knew how much time was going past, but I, it definitely like surprised me how quickly the 3 hours went by. Um definitely, rather yeah. than and like I worry with stuff like that about pacing and, like, being able to stick with it and not get bored of certain sections in it. Like, usually you hit the midpoint and you're like, I'm kind of dragging and trying to hold out here. But I didn't yeah. feel that way at all. Like, I felt very engaged the whole time. 
Um, I don't know that there was even a point that I kind of felt like it was getting slow. Like, I felt like the whole thing was um, super engaging. And, like, if I had had a chance to go see it again today, like, if I didn't have other stuff going on, I definitely would have mm. gone back and, and watched it again. Yeah, like, both times I watched it, I was completely engaged the whole time. And, like you said, a lot of times you'll have a couple moments in movies like that where you're kind of, like, fidgeting or it's like okay i i think i need the story to progress now to something new but there was so much going on in this movie that there was always every scene was like a new discovery or a new clue they were trying to track down or a new lead they had um so i think the way the, the fact that it was like a detective story i think really benefited the movie yeah because you always had like a goal i guess you know and it didn't feel like a fetch quest kind of goal because it was yeah. always like towards the main plot like it was just like they were tracking like i said tracking down a clue or investigating another lead so i think that really did work because it was able to segment different things together and like it was always felt like it was progressing yeah um yeah and so the runtime i think was perfect it definitely feels like he cut it down to just what he needed if that makes sense. yeah i could not imagine this movie being shorter like i don't know what they would even cut out like uh, there's nothing in it that I would have cu- I would have cut out at all. Like it was just right. right. Yeah, exactly. Like every scene is obviously very intentional. And I've read a, a lot of interviews, like a lot of the test screenings, he would cut out a scene and then put it back in. So it was obviously they were very concerned with making sure the runtime was was right. Yeah, and so perfect. I think they did a great. It's like I think for me, definitely Justice League and de- and maybe even Endgame, like could have had cuts sure. in them. Um, but this one, I like. I could not think of a place that you could cut this movie. There is like one scene that people have been talking about, which I won't talk about because it's a spoiler scene. But even that scene, I wouldn't have cut. Yeah, I don't even know what scene that is. I did, I haven't seen that. We'll we'll talk we'll talk about it in spoilers. Okay. But yeah, I really good movie. Definitely, maybe even exceeded my expectations because like I was expecting it to be good. It exceeded but, mine. Like, it was really good. I was expecting like a three and a half or a four, and I gave it a four and a half. Yeah, I gave four and a half too. It was, yeah. it's really good. I think one of the things, non-spoiler things, that really helps the movie is all the technical aspects of the movie. Yeah. Because there was a lot of cool like cinematography. I read they did a lot of different lenses mm-hmm. and a lot of different cameras for specific shots. Yeah. Um, and it really just makes it feel very personal and not like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it was directed by like a company, I guess. Yeah. And I think it doesn't feel, because I know not to keep going back to Marvel, but a lot of times when you're watching these other superhero movies, you feel like you're watching a movie. Like, you're there, and you're watching the shots, and you know that you're watching a movie. But I felt like Mm. with this, the way that they brought you in with, like, the way the camera moved in a lot of those tight spaces, especially in, like, the mayor's house study and uh, the, the Riddler's apartment and everything, like, it didn't feel like you were watching a movie. Like, it felt like you were there experiencing Mm. this with them which is something that i don't know that i have experienced in a marvel movie before like it was so yeah it leaned so heavily into the atmosphere of gotham and the atmosphere that surrounds the aura 
of, like, Bruce Wayne as Batman, that, like, his melancholy vibe where, like, it's raining and it's dark and all that, like, you really feel like you're soaking in this atmosphere, um, which Mm. was very cool to me because... I don't know that I've experienced that in a bigger blockbuster like this before. Yeah, that was a great point. And it like I think that you can really tell all of the camera choices, the the location choices. Everything is very intentional for that rather than just trying to get even like a shot that looks the coolest cuz there are some shots where yeah. it's like it's just very basic, but like it's the shot that the scene needed. Um I think too with the soaking into the atmosphere like you were saying the score is like something that people have already pointed out and it's like it's so good it's definitely going in already like a front runner for best score of the year for us well right now it's the only score right (laughs) yeah i mean there haven't been too many but i would guarantee that for me personally i mean i can't speak for you but i feel like you would feel Mm. the same it would take a lot to beat this score out for me um because it's one that like it's not even one of those ones where you come back on it and you listen to it and you're like wow that score is really good like when you're sitting there in the theater you're thinking Mm -hmm. holy shit this score is incredible and i thought it multiple times because i also one thing that really struck me about it is it's very um orchestral like uh like classical um and that doesn't i feel like that is not very common for a movie like this like someone Mm. else would have scored this movie and have it be big which it does get big in some areas but i feel like a lot of the times it's more melodic than it is um Mm. like actually trying to build up if you know what i mean like it's more yeah um enhancing rather than really like driving the action and stuff and the last that the dark knight trilogy was did use strings but it was a lot of um synthesizers Uh and electronic score so i think this was like a really nice change from that there's also some times where they have like a guitar in the background like the scene the car scene when he's walking and it's kind of like a western vibe and it's like the guitars come in. Oh man! And I've listened. I have listened to it since, um, like yesterday. I listened to the whole thing, and I've listened to it some today. And like each of the themes as well for each of the characters. Like there's a, a Catwoman theme, uh, a, mm-hmm. a Batman theme, and Riddler theme, and they're so good. Um, the the whole thing is so good. And the last half of the score. I mean, the whole thing is good, but I just was, like, really blown away when I was listening to it, like, with my AirPods in, lying in my bed. (laughs) Um, The last, like, I don't know, four or five songs, I just was like, wow, this is incredible, like, next level. Well, and because it gets, like, sweet when it needs to, too, and, like, soft, like, because there's two specific scenes towards the end that are really, like, beautiful, and so it's not all just, like, like some movies where it's just like da 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 like it's yeah just like, like it's not just hammering away at it um yeah it really understands the tone of the movie the score does um and i think a lot of times scores set the tone for the movie and i don't think that this did that i think it understood and and michael understood 
exactly what the vision was for this movie. It understood all the emotional ups and downs and notes of this movie, and it understood the characters. And because he understood the movie tone, the score was able to emphasize the tone, which, like, he's an incredible composer, but... Yeah, and I think it's one of his best scores in, like, years, because he's been leaning a lot more into, like... I mean, he's doing, like, five scores this year, and, like, just multiple scores a year, all very, like temp track sounding which is just like i mean that's what composers do when they get more popular they just take on more scores like that yeah and so it just felt like he's kind of leaned more away from like scores like up and inside out which are like very both really good scores um and like a lot of his earlier scores i think are really good and so i'm really glad that this was like almost a return to form that's what it felt like to me yeah because he's always been one of my favorite composers but like, I'm never going to sit down and listen to the Rogue One score. Like, <laughs> what even is the Rogue One music? I don't know. Yeah, and I liked the Spider... He did the Spider-Man score for No Way Home. Right, he did. And I did yeah. like that score, but this was, like, leagues better. Right, and I don't remember the score at all. Like, it's probably good in the moment, but I don't remember anything about the score from Spider-Man, personally. Like, it just is kind of, like, one of those things, like you said, where it just is there to, like, give you the tone of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's still good, but it's not amazing right it's a very different approach i guess yeah. uh one thing though i will say that did not annoy me about the score but it really stuck out so the th- bat- main batman theme everyone's been singing is like dun 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 like it's, it's the it's the theme that they played multiple times in the movie uh but it's very it's like very similar to the opening of the imperial march and so yes. i just heard the imperial march the yes. entire time because the Imperial March is dun, 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 dun. And so it just it removes those those last two notes. And so Imperial March is quarter note, quarter note, quarter note, the first three notes. And then this one is um, dotted quarter note, eighth note, quarter note. So it's like dun, 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 or dun, dun, dun. And then they both go down to a fifth, dun. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. Uh, four notes, just yeah. The one, the some of the rhythm has I changed, definitely which thought is fine. That when I watched it and when I listened to it, I always think I, I keep thinking like Darth Vader, and Imperial then I'm like, March. oh, uh, it's Batman. Um, right, like I keep waiting for the second half of the theme. Yeah. I'm like, uh, last two notes, but it's still good. Like it still really matches the, the story, and I don't think it was like it doesn't feel like an intentional ripoff. If anything, maybe no, it was yeah, like an, uh, an homage yeah. kind of thing. Other non-spoilers, we can maybe go a little bit into the cast. I think this is a great ensemble. Yeah, very, very good ensemble. Beyond Robert Pattinson, who I think it's hard because like without getting to spoilers, this is like only a a certain side of Batman. Yeah. And so I think with more movies, he definitely will probably become my favorite Batman. At the moment, it's like I need to just see a little bit more of him because it's unfair to compare him for me to Christian Bale. Yeah. Because Christian Bale, we see go through so many three different movies in so many different Scenarios, stages of yeah. his life. So this is like it's just hard to compare it for me. But I think he definitely like if he they make more movies in the series, um, I think he definitely will become my favorite. But yeah. there's like all around just a really great cast of characters who I think were all like really fit their parts. Yeah, very much so. Um, everyone was like perfectly cast in this, like from the leading characters to the supporting characters. Um, I think Pattinson and uh, Zoe Kravitz, she was great. I thought she did re- yeah. like really, really well. I loved Paul Dano. 
not just because I love Paul Dano, but, like, his performance was, like, I mean, it just is so, we can talk about it in spoilers, but, like, Mm. just the way he plays that role was, like, like, he's not really scary, but he's scary. Like, Riddler, to me, is not a threatening character to me. Like, you don't see him as a threatening character, not like you see the Joker as threatening, but like, yeah, right. The way that he does the character, I'm like, this guy is terrifying. Like, he mm. is the worst kind of person that, you know, could be having power and doing things. And like, I think sometimes with Batman villains, because they don't always have like big powers or something, they can sometimes be come across as like just stupid. And like, yeah, this person like is just a regular person that like shot someone and like they don't feel like a bit a villain, I guess. But he really did a good job of like feeling like as a very specific person, very specific character. And that just like jumped off the screen. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk more about that in spoilers. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also want to shout out John Turturro, who had like such a good performance. Wait, who did he play? Um, Falcone. Okay. Yeah. He was, he is so good. Tons of Godfather vibes. Obviously they're playing yeah, on. Yeah. His and, glasses and that vibes. they gave him, the costuming was perfect. Like they gave him those cool glasses yeah. and he had the cool suits. Like. He looked like that kind of guy, you know, who you don't want to cross no. paths with. But yeah, he was he was really good. Colin Farrell. Penguin, what, Colin Farrell. Yeah, he obviously, I mean, you don't even recognize him, but like. No, I, I tried. <laughs> I was like, I cannot see him. Yeah, I but can't. he was so, so good. And then even like uh, the guy who played Jim Gordon, um, whose name. Oh, I, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Wright. So good. Um, he w- was also incredible. And then all the like other random side characters, like uh, some of the other police officers. Yeah, yeah. If second time watching, I noticed like they definitely use a lot of very specific officers, like that are like keep coming back, which is helpful than just having like a random guy. You've yeah. Never seen. So I I just think everyone in this just really gave it their all and was mm. was really cast well uh props to the casting director uh who cast all these people because it <laughs> yeah, really yeah. made the movie uh for sure i also think um i mean it's so hard to follow up michael kane as alfred and i think like andy circus d- took a really good approach with it because mm. like he plays him very differently very different yeah. and i really liked it like he, it really works for the movie he was so sweet i love alfred and i just loved how like yeah alfred can be playing played in so many different ways but i loved that his alfred was just i don't know like he was kind of more in the background like he was more just kind of calm like you could see the hand that yeah. he pl- has in bruce's life but he kind of was just like Oh yeah, I'm gonna like help you do this, but I'm gonna like not get in your way. Oh yeah, I did. By the way, mm. I did this. I I solved. Yeah, this by the way, I solved it for you. <laughs> by the way, I worked. Alfred on is um, definitely a major podcast listener. Also, <laughs> like when he's cleaning the house, this guy has podcasts on all the time. But I'm, not like, but like good podcasts. Like he's listen- no good podcast. Yeah, like he's yeah. he's listening to you know like history podcasts where it's like. Mm. um learning about things and and i feel like he'd also be like a maintenance phase listener he seems like you know just like he's just in it for the knowledge rather than the entertainment yeah i love him no i (laughs) yeah yeah, but no i loved how he played him i loved how he just was very like 
calm and you could tell he was the guiding force in Bruce's life, but wasn't mm. like over the yeah. top with being like, Bruce, I love you. Like, you are like you a son to, to me. Like, I love that he didn't, um, which I don't think that this is necessarily spoilers, um, but I love that he wasn't like trying to be a father figure. Like, he, even right, though he yeah. is. Like, it felt like he just wanted to be a part of Bruce's life and wanted to be there for mm. him. And I feel like that was the read I got when he was playing the role. Where, as in other cases, Alfred has felt to me very much like his hand is too much in Bruce's affairs. Mm. I didn't feel that way at all. Like, I felt like he just was like, I want to be here for you and I'm not going to pressure you. Like, yes, you need to do these things to handle your estate, but like... I'm just going to be here for yeah. your needs. Like, uh, my sole purpose Man. is to, like, serve you and be here for you. Wow. And I just was like, wow. <gasps> what a friend. I, I don't know. He just he just played it really well. He did. He did. Um, w- The one negative thing I have that is non-spoiler, so I'll just say, is I do feel like compared to other Batman movies that I really like, I didn't get as much of a sense of Gotham in this one. If they use like indoor locations or the same location over and sure. over a lot, because I really do like in the beginning they show a lot of like the stuff, city, yeah. a lot of Gotham, you know. But then they never really do that again. So yeah, and I do think that I really would like to see more of Gotham. Which to not spoil anything, but it might be hard to do that in the sequel. But uh, I would like to see more of Gotham, and I think that. That was like my main non-spoiler thing. Or I was like, I just would like a little bit more of a sense yeah, of the city I think and like they the did, vastness. Yeah, that's a good point. I think they did really establish Gotham well. Um, but I also, I would agree with that. Because um, really like you're getting some driving scenes through the city, but that doesn't showcase a lot. Um, and then there's maybe like a couple like wide shots where they're standing on a building mm. like and the city is behind them. Right. Well, because you think of like the Nolan films or even the, the Burton films. And a lot of stuff happens like in the streets of Gotham and there. Uh, um, I'm thinking even like dark Knight rises where it's like the stock market scene. I don't know. There's just like, there wasn't a lot of that, which is cause it's more of a detective movie. Yeah. So it is more like location based, but like I said, in the, in the future ones, maybe I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Um, okay. Is that, I think that's all I have, like, for yeah. non-spoilers. Yeah. Cool. So let's go to a quick a quick ad break. Then we'll be back with spoilers for The Batman. And we're back to chat spoilers about The Batman. <laughs> Oh, man. So if you haven't seen this, uh, definitely do not listen to the section unless you don't care. Uh, interestingly, I feel like there's less to spoil about this movie than other like superhero movies. I feel like, you know, yeah, like, I would agree. Like because I feel like even if you know the outcome, it's still a good like worthwhile to watch and you can still get stuff. So uh, it's definitely not like a big like, oh, my gosh, Batman was really evil the entire time. But. Yeah, it's there's just like some things that maybe we some people might not want to know before they go. So I don't know what what do we want to talk about first? Um, I'll talk about the Riddler since I brought it up. Cool. Um, gotta love the Riddler. Yeah, one thing that it was so interesting to me about him, and like I think part of him is non-threatening because you're like 
this guy isn't really out to get me because I am a little person. Yeah, right. Um, he's out to take down the establishment. But I think that once you take Riddler and you empa- he empowers other people oh, yes. who are not wow. him, that's where he mm-hmm. gets really scary because I don't think he would ever harm a civilian. But you don't ever know what people in the fringe are going to do. And so when you utilize, which I feel like is something that we see a lot, um, not Mm -hmm. to throw our politics in the United States into this, (laughs) uh, but Uh when the insurrection happened, a lot of that was, you know, orchestrated by people who aren't like the Riddler, but are like the Riddler in the sense that they use social media to establish these fringe groups, um, spread theories, get people excited um, about their ideas, and then those people feel the need to take on that sort of guys and carry guns around and um, bring down the establishment on their own. And that is what is terrifying to me. When it got into that, I was like, oh my god, this group of crazies... And they're all dressed up like the Riddler, and they're just shooting people willy-nilly, and this is not... Yeah. Like, I know that he wanted to take down the city, but I don't know that this... Like, he wanted chaos, but I don't know that the Riddler wanted this. Like, I do think that the Riddler is a very evil person. Um, I <laughs> Kayla for the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, he has some good ideas. Like, I'm all for <laughs> exposing... I want to kill people... But I'm, I would expose, I would bring people like, into the light I metaphorically. No. I am anti-murder, even of bad bad politicians. Um, anti-murder. Uh, but I I think the, the idea that you can sympathize with the Riddler is that he wants the truth to be exposed, and you think that is when you do have these corrupt. Uh, people in power, corrupt police officers, corrupt politicians who are taking money away from uh, people who deserve the money, who are poor or, um, you know, marginalized groups, and they're not getting the money that they deserve, and all these people are greedy and stealing it. Like, you want those lies exposed. And I'm mm. like, yes, expose all the lies. Uh, but I'm also like, we don't need to be, like, feeding people to rats, I guess, as well. <laughs> right. No, I think... um. It's a very similar comparison to the Joker in The Dark Knight, how they handle that character and how it's like him and Batman are very much the same. Like they're very similar people. And it's like Batman's journey in the movie is to just figure out what sets him apart from the Riddler, you know, because obviously like he is also very against all of this corruption that's going on and wants to take it down um but his journey is to like basically reject the nihilism and that the riddler is putting forth um which is like i think also kind of reflected in catwoman who she's definitely more less of like the anarchy and more just the nihilistic viewpoint yeah um and like him figuring out how to have hope in a hopeless situation yeah and like do good without like killing or what the Riddler is doing. Yeah. So like it really does work with the story too, which is I think that's really the main message of the story. It's like, how do you have hope for a society that seems doomed? You know, which is a very per- a very pertinent. Yeah, message. I was gonna say it's very relevant. <laughs> um, 
I felt that way a lot uh, when you're watching it. Maybe some people would say it's too on the nose. I thought it was good. Um, no, I thought it was perfect. I think, too, when you have a black woman who's being elected as mayor and she wants what's best for the people and she's going up mm. against someone and the only reason she was able to win was because the Riddler killed the mayor. Um, right, exactly. Because she would have lost, for she sure. She would have lost because they had all their little fingies in it. Um, and so, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I don't know. Like, it just is, I, I think it's a really powerful you know, maybe subtextual a little bit, um, but message of of her wanting hope and and her even mm. going mm -hmm. up and addressing Bruce Wayne and being like, I really do want you to be involved in like making Gotham a better place where he right. is then, you know, I think even from that moment, the gears start turning in his head where he's like, I thought I was making Gotham a better place, but realizing right. maybe that, the Batman, yes, is a way to do that, but maybe Bruce Wayne can also do that. And sort of how that mm. transforms his character, I think through the character of, of that new mayor-elect. Um, but also, yeah. like you said in the end, where he really has to reconcile what is going on and and find hope in that, which I think he comes comes to that at the end, where obviously in terms of lighting, too, it shifts from all these red and dark gritty tones uh, to being very light uh, and mm -hmm. yellow and, and bright that sort of in his mind he's had, I don't know, this shift. So I'm excited to see what they do with that in in the sequels uh, to really develop Batman and, and Bruce. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have criticized this movie for saying, like, it doesn't show enough of Bruce Wayne, which, like, did they watch the movie? Because that's definitely the we point got, of the like, movie. We got, like, a lot of Bruce Wayne. And, like, I also think this is one of the mo only Batman movies that I've seen um, that you can tell Bruce, like, knowing Bruce Wayne, you can tell that he's Batman. Uh, because I feel like in a lot of the other Batman movies... Batman become, I mean, yes, he is someone else. Maybe he's a truer form. But I think when Riddler said, like, this is the truest form of yourself that I'm looking at, right. I think that's true. But I also think that in the moment with the kid, um, paralleling the moment at the funeral or the memorial service with the kid from when he saw the kid the first mm -hmm. time and they sort of, like, had a connection, um, you can tell that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And I think that really the whole movie you are getting Bruce Wayne and that when you're seeing Bruce mm, Wayne, you're yeah. also seeing Batman. Like they're not in this two separate entities. Like they're so entwined together that you can see the both of them transforming throughout the movie. Like, so I just, I don't get that at all because I'm like, this is the most I have ever seen Bruce Wayne and Batman and like, actually seeing the two characters like melded together yeah well and i think it's like he doesn't know like who he is yet like the whole movie we don't have this version of bruce wayne at all in the nolan movies because we because you have the moment where you meet him in jail basically like all the stuff before that is him deciding who he is we don't see that so this is like not an arc that we've really seen for him yeah 
Um, cause most movies he comes fully formed, like knowing, oh, I, I don't know. Like it just is not what people would expect, I guess. Yeah. And you can tell, you can tell that when he has the scenes with Alfred where Alfred, you know, is talking to him about like, are you sure that this is like what you want? Like you have to be Bruce too, where you can see mm. that he's kind of working through these different things where he has this routine where at night he is doing all this stuff and, like, he's trying to figure out where he stands in the world as Batman and as Bruce. Um, right. Which is really cool. It's a very cool look into um, his world. And I think a very, like, unique take on on Bruce. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell in the beginning, he, I mean, he the whole I am vengeance thing is very on the nose. But, like, he is only, he's not in it for to be a symbol of hope for Gotham. I think it's really telling in the early opening scene, his first fight scene, that he technically saves the old man, but, like, he doesn't, like, help him at all. He just leaves him there. Um, Like, he beats up all the bad guys, but, like, it doesn't seem like it's for him. It's mostly just, like, because he's angry. Yeah. And I think his whole arc is, like, at the end with the flare, like, figuring out how to become a symbol of, like, be something more, like he says, for Yeah, Gotham. be for the people, not just for the image i guess right for the image and also just like as an extension of like him his rage you know because he has all this anger and like how to channel that anger well which like definitely like i've read i've reread the opening monologue i i haven't reread his final journal entry monologue Mm, um i'd mm -hmm. like to compare them side by side uh but in that opening one you know it's very much like I am the shadows, like, they fear me. And it's more about, like, the bad guys fearing him than it is about yeah. the, the people seeing him as their help and and their kind Definitely. of savior. Um, so I, I don't remember the, the closing monologue off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and, like, look it up or something. Um, but no, I'm, you're right. I'm imagining it's that it's like a shift that, yeah. um, between the two. Like, I remember it being a shift, but without comparing the two of them. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a lot more hopeful, and, um, yeah, it, it parallels his journey. Like, you can see the 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 progress he's made, I guess. Um, a couple other things I wanted to... We can talk a little about the Joker reveal. This is the sure. scene that people have said could have been cut, and then he's kind of countered by saying he did cut it, and he decided to put it back in because it makes the scene at the end with Catwoman saying, like, the city's never going to change more powerful okay because you've just seen like even though gotham was like you saw them come together more at the end with like the mayor's speech but then it cuts right into the joker and him so it's like it's obviously evil is still like lurking in gotham yeah you know so less to set up him as a movie like as a future tease and more like just gotham is still messed yeah up. and some of the things that i've seen about that today is that like we're so trained to see this as an end credits sequence to like be building for something else so you watch it and you're like "Ooh, this is it this is setting up the joker for the next movie and it's like i don't think that was his intention with this scene i definitely think it's like Mm. you said um where it's just establishing that evil still lurks obviously the joker will eventually come into this franchise I don't know that it'll necessarily even be in the next movie, uh, but I yeah. I do think that obviously he is introducing Joker, and there's a lot of interesting things packed up into that. 
um, that Batman and Joker have already crossed paths at some point, and how did mm. that happen, and what happened? There's a lot of questions, but I do think it's interesting that it was not an end credit sequence, because it feels like an end credit sequence, but that's only because we are so mentally yes. prepared for that to be an end credit sequence, that when it's in the real edit, you're like, this feels a little off, uh, but I think if we weren't mentally like trained to have those end credit sequences that are a big reveal Marvel style, uh, it wouldn't have felt yeah. as off as it did, I guess, to me. Yeah, I'm just really glad they didn't have end credit sequences. Oh, I'm glad they well, they had the thing or whatever that leads yeah, to the I thing. Don't, I don't know if I count that with like the little typing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, not because yeah. I do feel like a different editor might have. I mean, the last Catwoman scene is pretty important. But I think a different editor or filmmaker might have decided, why don't we put the Joker scene last, you know, at the end end credits and make uh, the Catwoman scene the the mid credit scene? Yeah. You know, sure. Be- I think a different film that could have happened. Um, and I'm just really glad that it's part of. The I am edit also because glad I think... because I had to go to the bathroom so bad that <laughs> yeah, I didn't even stay right. for whatever the Riddler thing was that popped up. Yeah, I didn't stay either. Um, I just looked it up and, and I, I was like, was nope, like great, it's done. I don't have to wait for anything and just like scurried out of the theater, uh, which was a major W for me. If I'm going to be sitting there for that long, like I don't necessarily want to sit through the credits and wait for something else. Like that's just right. not a reward to me anymore. So. No, it just seems like a chore. Like, okay, I know there's more, so now I just have to sit here, I yeah. guess, and wait. Um, yeah, I am really done with end credit scenes. Like, yeah, 100% done with that. For me, one thing that I I didn't really like as much, maybe if I watched it again, I would like it better. Um, I thought the ending was good, but the the water thing just kind of lost me a little bit. Well, because they would have died. Because electricity... Once electricity hits water, well, it's the an electricity didn't death. hit the water. That was I don't know. Well, no, but like any electricity, like because it hit the stage, and the stage oh, had electricity okay. running through it. I just think like it definitely would have been electrocuted. I'm just saying. Yeah, but whatever. and I also just like I wasn't even thinking along those lines. <laughs> um, I was just <laughs> I always thinking, thinking like... of electricity and water. I don't know. <laughs> well, why. I definitely thought that when they were like right before he swung down on the cable. Um, but no, I just thought, like, I thought we had an, like, I understand why they did that, because they're tearing down Gotham and all that. To me, like, I was fine with the climax being the scene with him, and obviously there needed to be more that Riddler had this bigger plan, which I definitely understand. Um, I, just the water just kind of lost me a little bit. Like, when it was like, oh, Mm, we're breaking down the seawall and now all this water's coming in. I just, that was a lot for me because that was kind of the only thing for me that didn't feel as grounded in the universe because so far everything up to that point was like, I am buying all of this. I'm bought all in. You have all my chips. But then when that happened, I just kind of was like, I don't know. It was harder to believe because we had all these real stakes in the world that I just was like, okay, all these, all this water's coming in and now it feels a little bit bigger maybe more something that wasn't in tune with this movie. But that was like literally the only thing that I I kind mm. of had problems with. But I also was mm-hmm. like, I understand what you're doing. I get it. I do I would not have gone this route. Maybe you could have done something else, like blow up certain sectors of the city and lose power to the whole city. Like all the power yeah, some grids dark are fights down. In, w- in the dark, man. 
Yeah, just something that wasn't water-based. Like, the water-based just threw me off completely. I wasn't a fan. Uh, but, yeah, everything else. Like, I thought the fight sequences were fine in the end. I thought everything else in the climax was fine with, like, the well, mayor getting shot. I think the shooting shot. thing, like you said, was really, like, that was a great raising of the stakes, having them there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, I liked the water. I think it definitely felt like a big jump in stakes, uh, when he was like, oh, and now all the wa- I'm going to blow up all the edges yeah, of the city. Like, I liked the stakes. I liked raising the stakes. It just well, yeah, was like. You have to raise the stakes. It just felt like a really big jump. The water, in the raising I of the just, stakes. the logistics of it, just in my brain, I'm like, all right, you have all, like, is this taking down the whole city? Like, are all these people mm. fitting in this stupid little thing? Like, why are people Well, I think that's the here? point that they can't fit no, in No, I know, I know, I know, I know. But it just is like, it all happened so fast and it felt like the city wasn't actually that big because everything kind of just got centered in this, like, stadium. Right, yeah. Which I think is an issue with, like I said, the city doesn't feel like yeah. I don't have a big, good enough grasp of the city. So I think that was more my problem. Like, it wasn't necessarily, like, the issue of the water in general. It was just more, like, mm. logistically, I was having, like, it happened so quickly. Maybe this is where they cut stuff out. Maybe this is the, and that is where my brain is just, like, not comprehending. I just felt like it happened so fast. Like, it was, like oh, we're going to blow stuff up. And then it was like, oh my gosh, we're here and we're hanging from the rafters and the electricity's falling and all these people are trapped. Like, it just happened so fast that I was really not soaking in. Uh, mm. Almost like mm. a flood. Uh, the Like, what was actually happening? Like, my brain wasn't yeah. given enough time to, like, process what the Riddler was doing and how those stakes were being raised. Um, but that was like yeah. really one of the only complaints I had was just in that moment. I was like, mm, I'm a little bit confused. Don't really understand how this works. Yeah, I think this like the scene works in itself. I think maybe how they get to the scene could have used some work. Um, I personally like it did enough for me where like I was like, OK, this is cool. I think it's um, I know people have been saying it's very similar to Batman Begins. But like, I mean, it's Batman. They're all from Batman comics. Batman yeah. comics are going to repeat themselves eventually. Uh, and I do think that it does work, like, because it's obviously that they're taking it seriously, because I think a lot of superhero movies in the past have, like, given these big, like, oh, my gosh, the world's going to end. And then it just, like, goes away in 20 minutes. And it's like, oh, OK, so I guess that wasn't that big of a deal that in the, like it was a very easily fixable issue. But I do like how it seems like they're going to keep this as a thing where, like, they have to still deal with the flood in the future, which is like a very cool, like technically Batman save the day, but also it's not completely fine because the city is completely flooded. So I do like how it's like, I don't know. It seemed like they really committed yeah. to it at least. And it's like yeah. a very big story. One thing story that I center. going off of that I'm excited about is like, we never, all of a sudden the city is magically fine in Avengers. Like, they destroy half the city, but then a year or two later, the city is fine. Not in America. Excuse me. Have you seen how long construction takes in America? I know, right. Um, Jeez. No, but, like, I think it'll be really cool to see the aftermath of this. Like, that's not a look we really get to see a lot in these blockbusters mm. of them actually rebuilding the city from something that happened. I think it's something they tried to do. Uh, with the aftermath of the blip in Endgame. Yeah. But I don't think they did it well, but I think in this, 
uh, them they could do it well. rebuilding the city is a very cool perspective because you know, like Penguin and stuff, which we'll get branches off of. Uh, but like he wants to seize the assets, and there's all these other people who want their hands on the money. Um, and uh, so I think it's just going to be a really cool um, to see where this all leads. Right, and you know, you know, we're getting some Penguin submarine action now. Yeah, because like that's got to happen. Yeah. So I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, the future. I'm pretty. I think it's pretty much guaranteed now that these are going to get sequels because it wasn't. I don't even know. It's still technically not like announced. But I think, like, he said he wants to do them if they're going to do more. And I think, like, at this point, they're going to do more. Because it's done very well, gotten good reviews. So I think it's pretty much guaranteed that they're going to be doing more movies in this series. Uh, and they're doing, similar with Suicide Squad, some spinoff shows on HBO Max. Yeah. So the Gotham City Police Department series, but... a Penguin series, and an Arkham Asylum series. Very excited. Yeah, I it's great. And just, like, to briefly talk about the Penguin really quick... I laughed out loud when he when he waddled when like he oh, was so tied funny. up and he went <laughs> I I laughed out loud. Uh yeah, I also don't understand why people are saying this movie isn't funny and campy because I think they're definitely it's very funny. bits that reminded me of the 60s Batman because I just watched that mm. which is like so stupid. Uh, and you know, they're like, they have the, well, the riddles, like the riddles, the riddles are, are like silly this, right, the and same make thing. no sense. But I loved uh, one thing particularly where, um, like in the, the sixties Batman where they're like this riddle, Oh, a banana. Like it just is like the stupidest <laughs> things. And I thought right. that that was like very true when he was like, Oh, ha ha ha. A thumb drive because yeah, it's thumb a thumb drive. in the car. I was like, ah, it's like the original, like it just reminded me of that. And I don't understand why no, people yeah. are like, Oh, it's not funny. It's not like the humor of Batman, blah, 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 blah. Because I was like, it is. What are you talking about? Dumbo? Like, like when a, a movie can take itself seriously, and still be funny. Sometimes that's why a movie's funny. Well, when yeah, it when he's like, that's when what's funny. She's like, what's under the mask? Are you seriously scarred? And he's just like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's like, it's yeah. so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Um, what was the you other? You have a lot of cats. What that was? Yeah, that's funny too. Um, what was the, the other? The, um... the Spanish one where it's like, you, oh, the URL. You guys don't know the difference between <laughs> L like, and L and he's like. Well, you and I love that, too, L. because that happens a lot in the 1960s Batman, too, um, where he's they just say something and then they're like, oh, wait, we have to go back. It's it's this, not not what we mm. thought, which was very much right. like he was like, oh, duh, like we just did this whole thing. URL. It's right. a website. And you're like, oh, ha, 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 duh. Oh, I got it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's, funny. it's funny in its own way, uh, which I really appreciate because I think, again, people are trained to have these stupid Marvel jokes um Ugh, that just Scooby are not Doo. funny yeah like scooby-doo this shit man <laughs> um like <laughs> it's so dumb and so i i don't know i just was very it felt very grounded in that way too that mm. like the humor actually made sense and it wasn't just thrown in there for laughs uh which i feel like a lot of other blockbusters do definitely great point yeah major like, it felt win very basically natural. matt reeves is a genius um he is that's he all is. i can't say. I he, I'm so glad he directed this. I will this. boycott if he if he doesn't do oh the sequels. Oh my gosh! If he is just so a producer mad. on the sequel, like if he just gets a producing, I don't care credit. what else he has going on in his life. I need him to make the sequels. I need it all to be him. I want him to have all creative control. 
You know, Please. I just I need it. Um, maybe Ben Affleck will direct it. Ugh. One, um, w- the one thing I wanted to bring up that was spoiler that was the one thing that like I didn't click with was I think it does a pretty good, a very good job generally of not making it feel like all right, let's go to this place and this place and like oh we thought it was this thing but it's this thing you know like how sometimes I feel like movies with like clues can do that yeah. where like oh wait so everything we just did like was kind of worthless I yeah. guess you know um I don't know. I just think sometimes it can feel like a little too back and forth. I think it did a very good job in this not feeling like that. The one thing I think maybe even could have been cut was when he has the big Bruce Wayne, like my parents were actually me evil or mm. reveal, sure. you know, because um, here the scene, the scenes go, you see he sees the, the TV and it's the Riddler's video and he reveals all this shit. And then he goes to Falcone and he's like, is this true? And Falcone's like, yes, it's true. And then you have this big reveal like, wow, it's true. And then he goes to Alfred and he's like, Alfred, is this true? And Alfred's like, no, this is true. And Bruce Wayne's like, wow, I was wrong. It just felt like, <laughs> I don't know. It felt like it was like the same scene twice where he, sure. where he asked the same questions to Falcone, which basically I don't even know if he needed to ask because... It was just the same thing. He just confirmed what Riddler said, you know, sure. on TV. I think he really could have gotten that from the TV. And then maybe he goes to Alfred and he's just like, you lied to me. You know, I just think that that was yeah. the one time sure. where I was like, okay, so we just, this feels like this is the same scene twice and like a very quick turnaround where like, he's like, oh, my parents are evil. Actually, no, they're not anymore. I'm fine. I don't know. So that was my main thing that was spoiler related. Um, but overall... It's a very good movie, which I think should lead us right into our quick ranking of our top three Batman movies. Wow. Um, Amazing. Which I obviously haven't seen every single Batman, like every single animated movie that they've done. I tried to watch. I watched The Mask of the Phantasm because that's a big one. I watched that as well. Um, I watched the 60s Batman and I started Batman Forever. I fell, I got, I fell asleep. So... Um, and I, Batman and Robin, like, I don't think, I'm pretty safe to say that I will not like, yeah, I, I don't watched, think that's going to make the top 10. I watched so. Phantasm, I watched, I rewatched the original Batman, because I hadn't seen that since uh, I was a kid. I did too, the, the Burton one, No, no, right? no, 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 sorry, oh, no. sorry, sorry, the 60s Batman. Oh, yeah, I, okay, yeah. Because um, I hadn't I seen that, that since no. I was little. And, right. um, I watched Batman and Scooby-Doo. Uh, wow. <laughs> where Batman features. Just in case. TV, you never know. I, I loved it. Um, and then I was going to watch the Burton sequel, Batman mm, Returns. Returns. Uh, but I yes. didn't get around to it in time. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, not to like give away anything, but I would definitely like to see The Dark Knight again after seeing this. Because I did actually just rewatch all the Nolan movies last year. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like now that I have this fresh in my mind, it might be good to see the Dark Knight again, because sure. that's the that's the the good one in my opinion. I think the other two are g- good, but like not great. I will never rewatch Batman Begins because that movie terrifies me out of my mind. Yeah, that's 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 why we're never doing a Christopher Nolan Batman episode. No, because, because can't I can't Batman do it. Begins. I'll skip it, and I'll like I remember it enough in my head, but like I'll watch 
whatever else, but Batman Begins, I will, I refuse to watch. I, that is like maybe we could do like you know one of those vid angel things where like it cuts you can out cut all out the shots of the things. scarecrow. Maybe we could get them to do that, or maybe um, someone just filter. like give me all the timestamps that the scarecrow guy hmm. is on screen, like with his mask. And he's like, and it's like fuzzy and. What's funny is that like I, because I knew that when I rewatched it, and I like watched it in mind, like how many of these scenes are there? And there's only like it's probably like 15 seconds combined because yeah. like it just shows <laughs> it for a second and it's like done. Because <laughs> and because it, it's only like their hallucinations. Oh that god, he looks it is like that. so scary. I don't know why. I could not tell you. My body just has a visceral reaction to it. I can't. I saw the the I saw a gif of it. Recently, oh. and I almost threw up when I saw the GIF of wow. it, like on my phone. It like my reaction is Who, that that's strong. A weird, that's a weird gift to, to post. I don't know, but let's just quick anyway, go yeah, through yeah, our yeah, top yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can just run through them. We don't have to go back and forth because I'm not going to say too much. Sure. But number, I'm um, just start at the bottom. Go to the top from the bottom to the top. Um, my number bot three is Batman Returns. Um, the Tim Burton one. This one is a very good movie. I would highly recommend it. I don't really love the first Tim Burton Batman, and I think this one fixes a lot of its problems, except for the fact that I still do not like Keaton as Batman. I think he's terrible. Um, And maybe it's more just like, I don't think they maybe even just give him anything to do. So he's just always the least interesting part of both of the movies that he's in. And But I really love the Penguin. And really the first two acts of this movie, I think the third act is where it kind of falls apart a little bit, which is why it's third. Um, I think if this movie was like, had a great third act it might be first like i really do love the first two acts of this one and it has maybe my favorite gotham atmosphere um number two i'm just gonna combine like number two and number one because right now i i do have still the dark knight at number one and then the 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 batman at number two um but it's hard i definitely want to watch the dark knight again with this one in mind and at the moment, it's really in first just because, like, mostly nostalgia because, like, it's a very, like I kind of said at the beginning, a very big movie for me. And I do think it's very good, um, but I do think it has issues. Like, I think it's a four-act movie where it has a very good three-act structure, and then the last 40 minutes is just, like, another act. And it's, like, I think that's the biggest issue where, like, they really could have cut the last 40 minutes of that movie and it would have been good. Um, so, I, like, it's not unbeatable for me so i do think that the batman has a very good chance of overtaking it if i rewatch it and reconsider but for now i haven't rewatched it for this um yeah so that's my ranking um great yeah yeah that's it um cool so it's been a while since i've revisited the nolan trilogy um probably like multiple years i don't think i watched it since before i went to college um, wow. so it's been a long time, but I, Man, I did, I, I really wish you could watch Batman Begins cause that'd be such an interesting, if you, maybe I'll, tr- I'll try you, to find a timestamp. Yeah, if you thing. watch it before me, if we do an episode and you watch it before me, then you can just mark the timestamps. I know when to close uh, my eyes yes. for Scarecrow. Are you, is it only like the hallucinations? It's only the hallucinations. <laughs> okay. So I'll mark the hallucinations, <laughs> uh, the timestamp. But like, I steer clear of the whole movie just because of that. Like, right. I don't know what it is. Maybe if I like, I, could, I had an editing software, I would just put it in there oh and I would just send it to you oh my God. with those scenes cut out. It's so bad. Um, yeah. So anyway. uh, I'll say for me, I would have the Dark Knight at three. Um, I would, I would think, uh, because I, I do really like the Dark Knight and everything I remember about it. I, it's, it's always been my favorite of the three. 
Um, and yeah. I haven't seen a, a better Batman movie. I, like, I haven't seen Batman Returns, so I don't know what I would think of that one. Mm. But based on the other ones, yeah, I'm interested that, to see what you'd think of Batman Returns. Because I yeah. I don't mind the Batman uh, Burton's first Batman. Um, mm. I, I we watched it when um, we did our Burton episode. I watched it. Yeah, and I thought it was. You should good. definitely watch it. Um, it's like so. I like it I think actually. Really like, it. like I mean, that one I thought about putting here in my in my third, the first one. Right. Um, because I yeah. I did like that one. Um, but I don't know. I like the Dark Knight. It's good. Um, and then yeah. my second one is Batman. Uh, from the sixties. Uh, which is just <laughs> my 60s. kind of movie. It is so funny. I watched it the other day. I was dying. I was laughing so hard. Um, and I, it's all the campiness I need. It reminded me of like how much I loved Robin when I was in high school. Like I was obsessed with Robin. Um, so that one, when I revisited, I was like, oh man, I need to like dress up as Robin for Halloween this year again. (laughs) (laughs) That was the thought I had when watching this. Um, maybe I could be Batman. Oh my gosh. Could you? And I'll be Robin. I, would you man, do it? If they have a, I would be Batman. Especially imagine if they have like a specific Robert Pattinson costume, oh and I gosh. do the makeup under the eyes. Wow. Yeah, and I'll do. I could do like a grittier version of Robin. Like I'm mm. sure I could figure. And I'll out. do. I'll have like a dual costume where once when I take off the costume, I'll be in the Bruce Wayne outfit he's in mm. when he puts the sunglasses on and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah. outfit too. Wow. That's like my probably the best outfit in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it was good. Um, and then my number one is the Batman, obviously. <laughs> the Batman. <laughs> the Batman. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I definitely want to see it again. Uh, so yeah. it's my number one. I'm definitely like, it's m- going to be my hyperfixation for the next month for sure. That, yeah. It already right, is. Yeah. Uh, if you when, follow when me you on change Twitter. your Twitter name, that is a, <laughs> that is a sign <laughs> that the tides are turning. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's a, uh, it, I have a problem. I, I hyperfixate on things. I just do. And hey, <laughs> sometimes you got to hyperfixate to yeah. unfixate on other things. Yep. That's how I roll my my whole life so this is my current hyperfixation <laughs> the batman the batman um i wonder if the next one will be called like a batman yeah i wonder what the next one will be called because like okay so did you see the whole thing with the website are you up on yeah up on the, it? yeah the ratatatatat.com <laughs> yeah the yeah. ratatata <laughs> not yes. the pokemon but not the pokemon guys the url um the the ratalada.com uh, yeah, i did not participate like in the website but i did read same in, i didn't even know it was a thing yeah so I, I read an article um so basically what it does is it takes you to the website it gives you three riddles to solve you solve the riddles, it gives you a video, you watch the video, mm. um, which was the Riddler's video about Thomas Wayne, and it's like a 45-second video, I watched it, and it emphasizes the word hush, and so people mm. are taking that as hush, the villain from the comics, will be, I mean, it also fits in with the lies and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, so people are taking that as a tease that Hush will be the villain in the sequel. Interesting. Um, so I got all Don't up know on who the Hush no. is, uh, but he is like uh, um, sounds good. Uh, he has like a mummy face. I don't know, okay. like his face is torn up. He's like a cyborg or something. I don't know. I only saw pictures today. As long <laughs> as it's not as long as it's not Scarecrow, because then we could not. Um, review but people the next think uh, I saw rumors that uh, 
Oscar Isaac is supposed to play Hush today. Yeah, I heard he was in talks for the. I think for the this movie, and then maybe like they were like, let's do this for the next one. Yeah. yeah. So Hush. Very interesting. Uh, I don't know anything about him, but he when I looked up a picture, he looked interesting. Um, like kind of scary. He's got some guns, and he's got like a thing over a his mask? face. Yeah, like he had like a burn or is like a cyborg oh, or something. He's so, hideously scarred. Yes. So then he has yeah, the yeah. he has like mummy tape on his face. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So right, I, guess, I thought I that we'll would see. be cool. Okay, so that's the episode for the week, <laughs> which brings us to our question of the week, which is, what is your favorite Batman movie? So maybe it's 1960s Batman, or maybe it's Batman and Robin. I don't know. I, Maybe hey, you like that one. I like a fellow Robin fan. Yeah, so let us know um, on any of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. You can also reach out to us on our website, our email. It's all in yeah, the Answer show notes. it in the Q&A on Spotify. Any way you want it, that's the way, the way you, you got need it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and our next episode is going to be a review of the new Pixar movie, Turning Red. Wow. Which means we will also be updating our Pixar rankings, which yeah. we always do when a new Pixar movie comes and out. And my Pixar rankings have changed since last time because Luca has moved wow. higher up the list. So I'll we'll be have excited to see to... what that's all about Yeah, next time. Next Very time. Very interesting. I'm excited for it. Like, the trailers look interesting. You know, like, I think that it's going to be good. And it's going to be made yeah. hopefully, like... Like Luca, maybe a nice change of pace kind of movie. It seems that way. Definitely from the clips that have come out in the past couple weeks. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, make sure to leave us a review on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify, depending on where you're listening. Yeah, hit us with the reviews. five stars. Give us that five star this review. This is like the Riddler. The Riddler. vengeance will yeah. come t- for you. The Riddler with his Twitch streamers. We should have done the question of the week as like a riddle. Like, Ooh. But mm. I can't. I'm not a riddle guy. I'm like not a I can't. Co- I can't either. come up with riddles or solve them. I can so sometimes I'm, solve a riddle. Let me tell you, because I watched the Batman 1960 and this one. Every time a riddle came up, I was like, I have no idea what. Okay, this is. And but then the riddles it, in the Batman 1961 are like, that's, yeah, that's a banana true. pencil. Yeah. Who was ever gonna answer a banana pencil besides fucking Robin? Like, <laughs> classic Robin move. Um, with the banana pencil, yeah. Uh, okay, we probably should wrap this up. So yeah, anything please. else you have to say before no, we head out of here? No. Batman Unite. Robin Unite. Mm. I petitioned to Matt Reeves to bring Robin into this Batman universe and to cast um, someone I love as Robin, please. <laughs> Maybe we should make a change.org petition yeah. for that one. Um, all right. Uh, thank you all for listening. And until next time, I'm Vengeance. <laughs> and I am the Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're, we're your second, second hand film, film critics, critics.